Hi everyone, this is Phil Matee. I'm the Director of Marketing and Communications for the Feliciano School of Business. We are having a podcast today talking with, uh, the, let me give you the date, it's April the 3rd right now, because I know things are changing by the day. We're here with Jim Murley, uh, who actually, we did a podcast with him a few weeks ago, back in early March, which seems like a very long time ago, when the market, the stock market, we were discussing the interest rate cut. Uh, there was a, um, I think it was early March when the Fed cut the rate by half a point. I interviewed Jim about what impact would that have on the market. But now since then, uh, it's been about four weeks ago, roughly, things, things have changed. So before, let me introduce Jim and then we'll, we'll talk about this. So Jim is a, an alum of the business school. He graduated with a concentration of finance and marketing and Jim spent his entire career uh, in Wall Street at uh, Shearson, uh, Lehman Brothers, at Barclays Capital, he was the head of U.S. primary market syndication until 2010, then moved over to Nemora Securities, and uh, since then retired. He is now an adjunct professor at the Feliciano School of Business. He sits on our advisory board, as well as he's a donor, and he's an executive and resident at the school. He actually sits uh, two doors down from me in the building. So uh, welcome, Jim, and thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you. Good morning. So since, uh, since March, since that first week of March when we last spoke, a lot has happened, as you know. Um, last week, there were 3.2 million Americans filed for unemployment. This week, about 6 million. So over the past two weeks, 10 million Americans filed for unemployment. The March jobs report came out this morning, which is April 3rd, 4.4 million, I'm sorry, 4.4% unemployment rate. We were under 4% and now we're over 4 at 4.4. Uh, they reported 730,000 uh, job losses. Uh, the stock market has lost, I think, about 30% or so of its value. Before the outbreak, we were flirting with 30,000 on the Dow. And now, and I haven't looked at it this morning, we're probably around 21, 20-ish, somewhere around there. Yeah, that's right, 21. Yeah, 21. So it's, it's been like a seesaw. It has, it has gone up and down. Also, the Fed has cut the rate to 0%. That happened a couple weeks ago. So a lot has happened. So let's start with the stock market. Why is it so volatile? Why is it going up and down by the day? Uh, well, obviously, I think the, you know, the, the main reason for that has been the, the virus. And, and the main reason why that has impacted the stock market is the uncertainty that that um, uh, elicits, meaning, you know, never before in the history of our country has the government, you know, done the extraordinary measures that they're going through right now in terms of telling people to stay home, telling businesses to close, um, requiring that people don't go to their jobs. So, you know, the unemployment numbers, the jobless claims, the, you know, the filing for um, benefits, those numbers are astronomical and, and, you know, mind boggling to some extent, but at the same time, they shouldn't be at all surprising. Um, you know, we, we're telling people and telling businesses to not work. So the fact that people are not working shouldn't be coming as, you know, a surprise. Um, the market doesn't like uncertainty. And the biggest thing that we have right now is the uncertainty of how long this is going to last. Um, you know, when are we going to get to the other side of the curve as they keep, you know, referring to it. Um, and so, you know, until we get some clarity on the health side of this, we're not going to get stability or clarity on the market side. 
And that was the argument with the uh, critics who argued cutting the rate by half a point now to 0%. It wasn't an economic issue, it was a health issue. And now the Fed cut the rate to zero. It didn't seem like it really had major impact on the market. The market didn't jump. I know we had last week, it went up a little bit. Anyway, it was up. We had, I think, the best week since 1930 or something I read. But the cutting of the rates, uh, some have argued there was no need to do that. It was a drastic move. And so, you know, why did they do that? You know, why did the Fed take that drastic measure? Yeah. So the, the last time we spoke was, I think it was the day of, or maybe it was the day just after they had made that intra-meeting cut. Um, you know, when this this news about Corona was really just starting to you know, take hold. And I thought at that time that that seemed like a premature move. This second move of going to zero, I completely agree with. Um, the markets were starting to seize up. Um, not so much the equity markets, but the credit markets, uh, the financing markets, um, you know, the interbank lending that is really the, you know, the grease uh, that allows the wheels to turn. Uh, in terms of, of bank transfers and monies moving from companies uh, working capital into the into the, the markets, uh, that was starting to to freeze up, and so the Fed, I think correctly, so uh, basically cut rates to zero in an effort, along with several other stimulus programs that they announced, um, in an effort to keep the financing markets functioning. Uh, which is necessary, uh, necessary for companies to, you know, finance themselves on a daily basis in terms of working capital and so forth. So I, I agree with that. And I think it has helped. Um, it's still not, you know, obviously zero rates aren't having any more effect on coronavirus specifically than, you know, any other rates would. Um, but they are helping things continue to function while we go through this dysfunctional period. You mentioned the stimulus program. Uh, today's April 3rd, about a week ago, was signed into law. And I think everyone's well aware of, of how the program's working, uh, helping those unemployed uh, subsidize their income for four months. And there's a lot of uh, helping companies and, and some things of that sort. So not, not to get into the specifics of the stimulus program, but what do you expect that'll happen um, to, to the country? I mean, they, they launched it Checks should be going out in the next few weeks if you're direct deposit. I've read that it may take 10 weeks or so if you don't have direct deposit or if you haven't filed in the past. So do you think, what, what expected impact will that have on, 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 the, on the economy? I mean, near term, I think obviously it's, you know, incredibly helpful for people to, uh, you know, pay their bills, feed their families, you know, um, you know uh, have the necessary financing to, you know, live their, you know, their day to day lives while we, you know, while we get through this, you know, the longer term impact, obviously, is it's going to have a big, you know, a big negative impact on the, you know, the deficit, um, which was already, you know, at record levels and will only be, you know, that much greater when we when we get through this. Um, I do think, you know, the, to their credit, um, Washington, which has not been particularly, uh, good the last you know number of years on on responding to needs and and moving quickly has actually moved quite quickly this time around. I think they realized the gravity of the situation and you know got a bipartisan bill passed in relatively short order 
and you know it's addressing not only the large companies but the small businesses uh, and and then again the individuals with the stimulus check so you know I think it's going to have a, a you know a major positive impact on the near term longer term you know we're going to be dealing with a bigger deficit going forward which is something you know unfortunately is is an outcome of this situation we're just going to have to deal with and that's the question about the deficit I, I we know it exists i mean is it i guess what are the negative implications of the deficit increases because to the average american they don't care like me i don't care you can tell me the deficit make up a number it, until it impacts the average american i think no one really cares but yeah. why does it matter well, it matters because uh, you know the government has to finance that in some way, shape, or form, and you know typically what they're do what they will do is they'll ramp up their borrowing, and by ramping up their borrowings, uh, you know they will be they will be um, competing effectively, you know, for investor dollars with companies, with banks, with um, you know other lenders so rates you know theoretically should rise now that hasn't been the case for you know a variety of different reasons and different people have different opinions about what that why that is but historically if you're running big deficits and you have to borrow a lot of money to you know continue to finance those deficits you're going to push interest rates up which you know will have a negative impact on inflation so ultimately, how does that trickle down to the individual person? It's in the form of higher borrowing costs, higher mortgage rates, higher credit card rates, um, more inflation on the products that you're buying day to day, et cetera. Um, we haven't had that situation in a while. And so, you know, but if you think back to the early 80s, you know, when, when mortgage rates were 15, 16%, that impacted individuals. Um, today, mortgage rates are you know four percent, so it hasn't been a problem for a number of years. But that you know that's one of the downside risks of running big deficits. Yeah, you know, speaking of the stimulus, um, I've heard, I've read this morning uh, as well as last night about there might be a bipartisan agreement, which is amazing in this in the the, the Congress of and the president where they were talking about infrastructure. And President Trump ran on infrastructure. Uh, now Speaker Pelosi publicly said. She'd be open to do an infrastructure package. Uh, I think she's looking at 800 billion. The president's saying about two trillion. But then also uh, some. I heard Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader in the House, may mention that uh, let's wait to see if the stimulus package works before we go ahead and do another. Uh, Secretary Mnuchin, I know, has been in discussions with the Democratic leaders about when they get back from Easter or Passover break. I think the third week of April about putting into play an infrastructure plan, uh, depending on costs and numbers. But uh, the president said, well, being that, or I'm sorry, Mnuchin said, being that the interest rates are at zero, now's a good time to do it. So I guess my question to you is, do you believe an infrastructure plan makes sense for the country? Will that bring back jobs and bring some life back to the economy? And when, when you say infrastructure, are we borrowing it from ourselves? That's where I was confused on the 0%, because rates are low, now's a good time to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, infrastructure, you know, obviously my opinion is, yes, we're in desperate need of an infrastructure uh, spend in this country. I mean, if you look at some of the tolls and bridges and tunnels that were built 50, 75, 100 years ago, um, you know, that millions of people are, are traveling on every day, 
uh, and the shape that they're in, I, I certainly am of the view that we need an infrastructure package. And will that help in terms of creating jobs and, and getting people back to work? A absolutely. Um, so yes, I think that is something that, you know, I, I think it's something that everyone, both parties have, have you know, um, acknowledged for a period of time is needed and it's been more them haggling over details. And I think this sort of issue that we're dealing with now, you know, post Corona will probably make it easier for them to agree because now it'll be not only, yes, it's needed, but it's needed immediately and it's needed in size. Um, and so I would think that this would help to get something like an infrastructure spending package uh, pushed through uh, more quickly than it might otherwise. Um, you know, with regard to financing it, I think what Mnuchin, you know, was referring to is, you know, again, partly because of this issue that we're dealing with right now, but also we've just been at historically low interest rates for a period of time now. So whether you're a company or whether you're an individual or whether you're a government, you know, it makes sense to borrow long-term money when long-term rates are low. Um, and so there's a, you know, there's an argument to be made that with long-term borrowing costs at all-time historical lows, why wouldn't you do that now? Um, you're borrowing money. When you say we're we borrowing from ourselves, I mean, the U.S. Treasury issues the debt. Um, you know, who buys that debt? Insurance companies, pension funds, foreign governments, wealth, uh, you know, wealth funds, um, you know, other sovereigns. So we're borrowing from a whole host of different folks. I mean, historic, in the recent past, China and Japan have been two of the biggest holders of U.S. treasuries, uh, as have some other sovereign wealth funds. So there is some concern that comes up periodically about, you know, we're, you know, we're basically borrowing from, you know, some, you know, some other countries and maybe more than we should. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, they're willing to buy U.S. debt because it's full faith and credit and, you know, they're comfortable owning it and, you know, they're the biggest holders in the world. So as I mentioned earlier with the stock market, uh, as before we began this interview, the market uh, declined. Now, you're hearing these stories of people that are close to retirement have now lost a lot of value in their retirement savings. Uh, we were experiencing a, a bull market for, I believe, 10 years, and, and now we're fishing a bear market, I think. So the market has changed dramatically. Um, but in your opinion, you know, what should people just ride it out and say, well, you know, should they keep investing in the market? Should they be more safe? Uh, will they come back eventually? Again, this is a big crystal ball because we don't really know what's happening with the virus. We're hoping it go, it, it's contained. But people are afraid with the stock market now, whether they should keep their money in, take it out, or just, you know, be conservative. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, no, it's a very, uh, you know, uh, difficult, <laughs> difficult time. It's hard to watch, you know, values go down by, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20% and not have some sort of reaction to it. Um, you know, I hate to use the same cliche that everybody else uses about, you know, long-term long investors. Um, but longer term, yes. Uh, you know, do I think the market's going to go back up? Yes. Um, if you're in a situation now where, you know, you're either in retirement or close to retirement and you're worried about losing any more of your principal, 
you know, you can put it in treasuries that we just talked about, which are very safe. You're not going to get much return, but you can put it in safe investments there. You can put it in the banks, which the Fed and the Treasury has been, you know, have been very adamant about they're going to stand behind the banks and provide as much liquidity as possible. Um, you know, the money market funds uh, through the banks that are, you know, insured, uh, the CDs, you know, those are all viable, safe, low risk, low return type of investments that you can look at now. Um, look longer term, I, yes, I believe believe that the U.S. equity market will be back and it'll be strong. Um, you know, it might take a little bit longer than we would like, but, you know, some of the companies that are down by 20, 30, 40 percent from their recent highs, um, you know, are good quality companies with strong balance sheets that, you know, are going to do well. I mean, so, yes, I'm, I'm comfortable that things are going to recover. That doesn't mean everything is. And, you know, I think there's some sectors that are going to continue to struggle uh, even even once, you know, we're, we're through this virus period. You know, um, the former Fed chairman Bernanke, Bernanke came out a couple days ago and mentioned he predicts a sharp decline in the economy, which obviously we're seeing now. But he sees a huge rebound and I believe it's the third or fourth quarter of this year. Uh, you know, we'll see a bounce once this, assuming the virus gets contained and uh, people start going back to work and hopefully the stimulus plan works we'll see a rebound that I believe is said fourth quarter. Do you, do you believe that? Or do you agree with that? Yeah, I get, I mean, so again, I'm not, obviously I'm, you know, I don't have any more information on the virus than anybody else. So from a health standpoint, um, I, I heard someone say, you know, that we really, we really don't know and we really can't predict, you know, the, the how and when the market's going to rebound until we have a handle on the health side. You know, assuming that the health experts that we've all been listening to and watching and reading are correct, that, you know, this peak is the next couple of weeks and, you know, um, you know, we're on the other side of the of the curve in end of April, beginning of May, then, yes, I believe that the economy can rebound by end of third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter. But that timing is going to be obviously directly related to when we get through this, you know, the, the health side. I think there's going to be a lot of pent-up demand for a number of things. People are going stir-crazy in their houses. They're going to want to get out. They're going to want to go go places and do things and um, see friends and so forth. So I, I think we will have a big rebound in that respect. Um, and the economy was doing well before. So it's not like you know, this is again, completely unprecedented. I mean, we, it's not like the economy was slipping and something pushed us over the edge. The economy was cruising along at a strong pace with low unemployment, low interest rates, uh, and we basically put the brakes on. So it was, you know, self-imposed. Um, and, you know, once we take that off, I think things will come back I mean, I'm not sure how quickly people are going to want to get on cruise ships or how quickly, you know, people are going to want to do certain things that they were doing before. But I think generally, um, you know, most of this, you know, will will snap back. Yeah. And plus, the, the other thing is, what do the antivirals look like? What about the vaccine? I mean, there's right. some other things that we don't know. I mean, the vaccine, from what they're saying, is about 12 months away. I just saw the University of Pittsburgh came out with a potential vaccine that tested in mice that, that the, the mice responded to antibodies 
they want to fast track it. J&J is going to have their first trial in September, I believe, a human trial. So it looks like the vaccine's on fast track that hopefully we'll have before the start of next year or early next year. As well as the antivirals, I know they're testing out different concoctions of ZPAC and hydrochloric, I can't pronounce it, some of these names, but yep, yep. there's definitely an, uh, a strong push financially and resources put behind antivirals and the vaccine. In my opinion, once the vaccine is made readily available, readily available, meaning everyone can have access to it, and it's there's, uh, it's not just a, a few hundred thousand, we're all, that's really the solution. And I think people will be less concerned. And the second wave that they talk about in the fall that people are afraid of, we'll be more prepared, clearly, because we'll have the ventilators and we'll have more knowledge on what's going on. And, and then there'll be people that have already had it who won't get it again. So again, there's a lot of unknowns, but you know, we're hoping it, we, things go positive here. So I guess my, my last question um, is, if you were the Secretary of the Treasury Secretary or Secretary of the Treasury, what, what, what else can we do? What else would you recommend from an economic standpoint? What are the things they haven't done you'd recommend that you say, oh, I really should think about doing this to, to really fix the economy? Yeah, I mean, that's a hard question. I, I was just saying to somebody yesterday, you know, I, I actually think that he specifically Mnuchin has been, you know, doing a great job. I mean, he's been very impressive in terms of negotiating both sides of the aisle, um, you know, trying to put the politics aside and, you know, working with the Democrats on, you know, their issues to get these bills passed quickly. I watched him last night where, you know, a number of the media were trying to, you know, they were all saying things like, um, you know, I'm hearing there's this problem with the SBA loans. I'm hearing there's that problem I'm hearing. And he was just, you know, very straightforward. He said, look, I had a call with the CEOs of every major bank. We are up and running. You know, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect overnight, but everybody's ready to go. And, you know, if you're a small business, contact your bank and, you know, apply for this loan. So I really think that he specifically out of, you know, many of the others that we've seen as, you know, has really done, I think he's done a very, very good job. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what else they can do other than, you know, continue to sort of reinforce the message, which is, you know, we're standing behind the markets, we're going to provide liquidity, we're not going to let the banks, you know, uh, get into trouble, we're not going to let the commercial paper market or the funding markets, you know, uh, seize up. Um, so I think at this point, you know, it's, it's going to be about confidence. Um, you know, the execution of these plans is, is critical. And he seems to me like he's on top of that. So, you know, like, like I said, I, I mean, I, I think he's done a very, very good job at this point. Um, I think now it's going to be about, you know, letting, getting people to believe, uh, you know, and have faith that, look, this is going, this is going to work. This is going to help. Um, and we're, you know, we're standing behind it and we're going to execute. Like we said, we're going to execute. If people are still waiting four months for now from, you know, for a stimulus check, you know, it's going to be a problem. If, you know, people start getting stimulus checks in, you know, two weeks, three weeks, whatever, you know, I think people feel a lot better. Yeah, I think the latest was three weeks if you have a direct deposit, but if you don't, I think it's about 10 weeks from what I read. Um, so his background, he's a, he's a Goldman Sachs guy, right? 
Yeah, he, you know, he was at Goldman Sachs for a number of years. He was a, you know, senior partner there. And then he, um, you know, he kind of went off on his own. And, you know, he was with an investment group that took over a couple of banks and ran a few banks, um, you know, uh, post uh, financial crisis. Um, he's obviously a very smart guy. And, you know, I think he's done, I think he's done a very good job of, of managing this and just being very, straightforward about the facts and not, you know, not sugarcoating it and also not, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, stirring fear or, you know, uh, you know, kind of overextending or, you know, um, the hyperbole. I think he's, you know, I think he's been very straightforward and, you know, I think he's done a great job of working with both sides of the aisle on, on getting things done. Yeah, I think one of the criticisms of the this the 2020 plan, which I believe they were able to uh, resolve, in the 2009 stimulus plan, uh, the money that went to large corporations, uh, companies were using it to buy back stock, and it went to executive compensation. In 2020 plan, it seems that they have some type of safeguard so that doesn't happen, doesn't flow into buybacks and and executives uh, padding their salaries. So. I think they resolve that in the in the plan. I guess there's someone overseeing, and I guess someone that manages that 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 money that goes back into the companies. Yeah, I think that's right, and and you know, and appropriately so. Um, you know, the one thing that uh, you know I I uh, get frustrated by is when you know some of these politicians talk about you know helping large corporations, or you know they sort of try to make it you know uh, demonizing helping big companies, big companies are comprised of thousands of individual workers. That's who big companies are. <laughs> it's not some big, uh, you know, monster standing behind uh, the, the, the curtain. You know, um, you know, Bank of America has 200,000 employees worldwide. Bank of America is a big corporation, but it's comprised of a lot of individual workers. And those are the folks that are being helped, um, you know, in terms of, not being put out of a job, you know, continuing to receive their benefits. Um, so, you know, when folks confuse large corporations with some big negative, you know, thing, I just, you know, uh, get frustrated with that rhetoric because, you know, small businesses are important and I think they're doing a great job of trying to continue to help and support the small businesses. Large businesses are important too. They're, they're employing a lot of people. And, you know, if we don't keep large businesses functioning, we're going to have, you know, more problems also. So. Great. Well, Jim, thank you for your time. I know being, you'll yeah. probably do another one of these in a couple of weeks as we progress along, but as always, I, I appreciate your time and, um, yeah. you know, you're changing by the hour. We'll see what happens in, uh, as we move along here, but thank you again. Yeah. Thank you. I hope all the students at Montclair are safe and well, and, uh, you know, finishing out the semester online and hopefully the next time we do one of these, it'll be uh, with, with some more positive news. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, everyone.